Welcome to this week's episode of the Compass Equipped Podcast. I'm Pastor Evan, and I am here with Pastor Hayden. Hey, hey. And here at Compass Bible Church, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And in everything that we do here at Compass, including this podcast, is to fulfill that mission of reaching, teaching, and training. Well, Pastor Hayden, a few short hours ago, you uh, preached a ser- our sermon, sermon, I can't talk right now, <laughs> during a series, The Summer at Sea, and the sermon title was God's Sovereignty and Our Prayers. And this was after, uh, based on Jonah chapter 2, all of it. And so for, to save a little time, uh, I will paraphrase, actually I'm going to read it, just kidding. Let me read to you guys Jonah chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and all your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. The weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit. O Lord, my God, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. All right, Pastor Hayden, your main focus of the sermon, the main uh, point was that our prayer should encapsulate such an awareness of God's sovereignty that by the end of our prayers we are wholly conformed by the comforted over- comforted thank you wholly comforted by the overwhelming presence of God in whatever circumstance. Now there's three points, but we'd like to start with point number one about praying with God's sovereignty in mind, and I'd love to kind of ask you about just kind of the idea about the new covenant and how this, the God's sovereignty in mind in the new covenant, you, you mentioned this in the first service. So I was wondering if you had any more thoughts on point number one and also the new covenant. Yeah. I mean, I don't know exactly how we, you would like me to relate those, uh, but <clears throat> as we look at God's sovereignty uh, in and the new covenant, look, we realize what is the new covenant, right? It is the fact that we uh, have a way to be in right relationship with God uh, through Christ. And uh, when we think about God's sovereignty in that, it's that God had made a way. God had sent Christ. God had, according to Acts, uh, put Christ to death. And he has done that to give people a way to him through Christ. And so when it comes, I mean, with our prayers, that's why we pray everything in Christ. And that's why we have to make sure that when we pray, that not only are we actually understanding what it means to be in Christ and what it means to pray in Christ, uh, we also understand that God has a will. And if I'm going to pray according to God's sovereign will, I've got to make sure that, number one, I'm in Christ, and number two, that I'm praying the things that Christ himself would pray. 
And so with that, the reason I brought up the question is kind of talk about the comments you made under point number one was the fact that God was trying to bring Jonah back into his will. So as Christians, can you talk about how when sometimes for God, he put bad things in, his, in the life of Jonah for him to remember the Lord. So as Christians, how, does, how do we remember the Lord in our lives when sometimes bad things might happen to us? I think it's important for us to uh, not just shirk off the uncomfortable and the bad and not to wish for anything wrong to happen uh, in our life, because I believe, I know it's true in my life, that uh, some of the best parts of my life that I never want to relive again are those difficult times where God was bringing me back to himself and God was teaching me about him. It's not that I want to relive all those over and over and over again, but they were so uh, they, they were just so priceless in uh, the maturity of my life that what I want to do in those situations is pray that God would uh, show me and teach me uh, him in the midst of these things. I mean, the same thing he did to Jonah. He got Jonah's attention. He put Jonah through so much, and Jonah's response was correct. I remembered the Lord. And so in all of our situations, whatever we find ourselves in, praying with God's sovereignty in mind is us remembering the Lord. And with remembering, there always has to be some element of, of transparency in, in our prayers, some openness. And that was your second point, to make sure that we are praying with transparency. We're not trying to put makeup on our prayers. And before we kind of address how to pray with transparency, I'd love for you to address like how we don't pray with transparency. What do you mean by when we put up makeup on our prayers? Yeah, uh, again, when I was preaching at the 11, I uh, talked about how this is often a problem with uh, people who have been Christians uh, for a while, uh, people who uh, know kind of the patterns of prayer, at least as they've grown up. Uh, but at the end of the day, their prayers are uh, are hollow. I uh, quoted uh, Psalm 51 and talking about how, uh, you know, Israel, that they would— uh, they understand that even though they sacrificed uh, and they gave burnt offerings, that that's not the sacrifices that are pleasing to God. And you have to ask, well, what do you mean? That's exactly what God looked for in Leviticus, is he set forth these things. But no, what he said was, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. And God, you will not despise that. The whole reason we would give sacrifice and give burnt offerings is because we understand the penalty of our sin and our separation from, from God, at least as, as a Hebrew. And so with those offerings and sacrifices, when they were instituted, came with also this idea that I'm doing that because of the broken spirit and contrite heart. Uh, but as uh, Israel aged and as the country grew and, and got farther along, they, they did those things as a mechanical expression of uh, culture, of uh, uh, their heritage, and what's that other word? Uh, it just They did it because it was something they always did. And it wasn't really about their broken spirit or broken and contrite heart. It was just because that's just what we were told to do. And if we're not careful, our prayers become that. I'm just doing it because I'm told to do it, not because there's something really going on in my life and I really want uh, I really want to commune with God in my prayers and I'm just being real with God about what's going on in my life. So if you can help us kind of, you did at the end of the ser both services and it's very helpful, but can you kind of help explain maybe a little bit more detail um, because maybe you ran out of time this the first service to make sure that our prayers are reverent, but also not rote, but also instead transparent and open, like we see not in jo not just in Jonah, but throughout the Psalms. So how do we? How can we maybe practically do that? Yeah, when we read the the Psalms, something that you never uh, 
that, that you never see is uh, a, a rote prayer or uh, you never see an emotionless prayer either. I mean, those are things, when you read the Psalms, like people are hurting, uh, especially David, as you know, the author of most of these Psalms, like things that are going on in his life, he's just pretty open about and transparent and real, uh, but they're real but reverent. The way that he speaks to God, the way he talks about God are uh, in conjunction with who God really is. And I'm not blaspheming God. I'm not cursing God. Uh, I am I'm being in reverent awe of who God is, but I'm also telling him, here's the situation that I have going on in my life. And I've been in churches, and I've heard people say, God doesn't care how you talk to him. He's heard it all before. The, the point is that you talk to him. And I'm just like, that. No, no one would say that about somebody they loved. Like, you don't really love God if you think that that's how you should speak to God. You don't talk to anyone you love in, in, a, in a blasphemous, cursing way. Uh, and in the same way, we don't talk to God that way. But what we also do with people we love and with the God that we love is we're just, we're honest and say, here's what's going on. Because God already knows it. And God, all God wants you to do is be real with yourself. And what's really going on in your life, tell me, I'm the one who have put these things in your life to get you to focus back on me. And so not being transparent doesn't even help you do exactly what God wants you to do. And that is to get you to focus back on him. The best way to do that is to be transparent about what's going on so that God can work in your life to, uh, to bring you back into where he wants you, his will. And I think that's going to help if we make sure we pair point number two with point number three, almost to like one super point. Mm-hmm. Uh, point number three may, meaning praying using uh, to pray using God's promises. And so what, is, what does that mean? And again, you did it at the end of the service, which was super helpful, and I, and I loved it. Um, again, kind of explain practically how we pray, because that's going to ground us, right, in terms of how we can mm-hmm. pray openly about our situation, but pray reverently, remembering God's promises. So how can we practically do that uh, here at Compass? The really easy answer is learn God's word and pray God's word. We know that every word in the Bible is inspired by God. That means breathed out by him, and it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God would be complete, equipped for every good work. I mean, it's good for all those things. So why is it not good for our prayer life? Like, what we always question is, is what I'm praying God's will? How do I know God's will? Well, we know God's will because it's in his word. He, his word is his promises. God's promises have been given to us by him. And when we want our prayers answered, we need to conform our lives to his will, his promises. And when we pray his promises, we know that those are going to come about. First John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence that we have toward him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, that is according to his will, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. I mean, the, the confidence that John had when he wrote this was like, Duh, like <laughs> you pray according to God's will, you're going to get the request that you ask. Why? Because they're God's promises. We are just uh, in putting ourselves in God's will. And so therefore we can be assured that our prayers will be answered because we're in his will and we're praying his promises. And it's going to be helpful, like you challenged us in the sermon, to make sure that we know God's word mm-hmm. and how you, uh, I was taking notes while uh, you were, oh, I should be taking notes while you're preaching, but I was trying to take careful notes of all the Psalms that Jonah quoted in his own prayer. And Jonah chapter two is a long quote of different Psalms. I, you know, I was able to see that Psalm 18, Psalm 16, Psalm 69, mm-hmm. Psalm 31, Psalm 40, Psalm 30, Psalm 136, Isaiah 43, were all referenced. And there's more oh, yeah. because Jonah had, like you said, God's word in his heart. So what is maybe a challenge to us as a church with our Bible intake? Yeah. 
one of the problems in your life as you're praying is you may not pray very long. You may not know what to pray because you don't know the God that you're praying to and you don't know how to pray to him. And a lot of that has to do with you don't have enough Bible intake. Uh, and I did at the end of our sermon when I prayed scripture over our church. And the whole prayer was me just quoting scripture in the context of how we pray that God would use his will in our lives. And that's what your prayers are on the day-to-day basis anyway. And so the more scripture you know, the more you can pray that in your life. And you know those things are God's will, and he's going to bring those things about. And we can pray for so many things that will never happen. Like I, in the sermon, I said Jonah could pray for God to take him to Tarshish, and he could pray that a million times, and God was never taking him to Tarshish. It wasn't happening. And so, you know, with that, we can assert, even in our own lives, that we pray things that God will never do. But what Jonah prayed for in his prayer was God's will, and God willed that Jonah would be used to go to Nineveh, and that's when Jonah said, what I vowed, I will do. And so he gets spit out of the fish, gets on dry land, and then he goes straight to Nineveh. Now, Compass, there's a couple of resources that we gave to your life group leaders um, in the Life Group Leader podcast. But there's a, one a one resource is actually Praying the Bible by Don Whitney. And Pastor Hayden, you always have to say his name right. Don Whitney. There's an inside joke with that. There is. Now, Praying the Bible is going to be is going to help you. It's a very small book, maybe 90 pages, to do what you know Pastor Hayden is trying to commend you to do. To say, hey, this is how you can pray God's word according to his will with the real life circumstances you're in. So Praying the Bible by Don Whitney. And another book to help you pray transparently is A Praying Life by Paul Miller. A Praying Life by Paul Miller is going to be a helpful book to be able to how to pray openly, but also paired with reverency. Now, Pastor Hayden, there is a there is also a book that you can get free, and it's one we all, we've recommended a couple of times, and that is The Power of Prayer by R.A. Torrey. Uh, here you can just look that up online, and uh, I had somebody talk to me about that today when I recommended that book for them a while back. They said they read it, and they were highly encouraged and convicted by it, uh, but that's another book, uh, The Power of Prayer by R.A. Torrey. And it is available online for free if there you, you just go. Google it. All right, so Pastor Hayden, we have some application questions. We do have Life Group. We misspoke last week. We yes. do have a Life Group Life this Group coming. this week. And so as we prepare for these application questions, how should we prepare for these as we do them this week? Yeah, uh, question number two is a good question. It's a hard question, and it's an open-ended question. And I want you guys to work real hard on having an answer that uh, – that you would share that would build upon the conversation, right? Read Jonah 2, 1 through, 20, 1 through 10, and the question is this. If God is sovereign over all things, why is praying necessary? How would you answer this question biblically? Why do we pray if God is sovereign over everything? Why does Jonah pray to God when God is the one that threw his, threw his ship into a storm and threw Jonah overboard and into the sea? And God is the one who swallowed Jonah through the life of a big fish. So why would Jonah be praying to that God who did all those things? And that's, that's a hard question and a good question, and it helps you understand the sovereignty of God. Uh, and the other ones go along with points number two and three, the need for transparency in your prayers, uh, and uh, the idea that you can be assured of answered prayers uh, if we pray according to 1 John 5, 14 through 15, and we don't pray according to James 4, 2 through 3. So really uh, good questions I pray this week in your life group. All right, we are in the daily Bible reading spotlight section of the Compass Equip podcast. Pastor Evan, what do you have for us in Psalm 65 through Psalm 81? Well, Compass, congratulations. You're still 
going through the whole Bible in a year with us as Woo. we focus on the Old Testament on this podcast. OT. And so this week in your daily Bible reading in the Old Testament, you're going to be ending the book, uh, the second book of Psalms. Remember, there's five different books. We're ending book two and we're starting book three. And both of these are going to be able to help you. As I said last week, the, for book number two is going to be helpful for self-counseling or even counseling others through times that are good, times that are bad. Um, but book number three is going to really help you understand, as we talk about the high view of God here at Compass, is going to help you have a high view of who God is. And just as a reminder, remember, this is a Israel's hymnal. This is a, a book of praises. Actually, that's the original Hebrew word for the book of Psalms is, it means praises. And with all the different uh, authors, Asaph is the one that's most represented in book number three. But to kind of help gather our, our brains as we read these different Psalms, I mean, I have enjoyed reading these Psalms. But book number two, as a reminder, focuses on like God's protective nurture during especially times of calamity and also times of, of joy. And book number three is a lot about God's holiness and how we are supposed to respond to his great holiness. And always remember the purpose as we open our books, our books, our Bibles to oh, their books, the books, the book, um, to the book of Psalms. We need to remember that the God's purpose for this book is to help us properly worship him and to develop a deeper devotion to him, no matter what our circumstances. And I love the fact that we're in the Psalms as we're in the book of Jonah. So God's sovereignty right there. So I just want to cover a couple key ideas for Psalm 65 to 72 and then Psalm 73 to 81. The reason why is that Psalm 65 to 72 is wrapping up book number two and Psalm 73 to chapter 81 begins book number three. As a reminder, book number two is going to help you be able to mourn and suffer well as well as to be able to celebrate and be joyful. Whereas Psalm 73 to chapter 81... 89? Is it 81? Well, it's 81 is the final part uh, of the book for our okay. this week in daily Bible oh, reading. We're okay, in 81. Okay. But good clarification. Good clarification. This week, we're in half of the week, we're going to be learning about the holiness of God and the majesty of God. And I want to kind of, I just want to read two the parts of two different Psalms, one from book two and one from book number uh, three. Uh, first, the, the highlight Psalm from book number two this week is going to be Psalm 71. And this is such a, a wonderful Psalm because we, we know you here at Compass. We, we know your sh- you know, our sheep and how a lot of you are, are tired. A lot of you are, are suffering. A lot of you are going through really, really difficult trials. In, in different variety, but some of you are exacerbated and tired. And Psalm 71, if you are tired or even not tired, every, maybe life is, is great right now, have Psalm 71 ready. Because this is such a beautiful psalm where the, the psalmist says in verse 1, O Lord, do I take refuge? Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge to which I may continually come. You have given me, uh, given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. And such a beautiful picture right off the bat to turn to someone, to turn to the God of the universe who's ready to listen if you're praying according to his will. And jump down to verse 9, he, he's talking about how tired he is. He's like, don't cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. I'm tired, God. Don't, don't forsake me. For my enemies speak con- 
concerning me, those who watch for my life consult together and say, quote, God has forsaken him. Pursue and seize him, for there is none to deliver him. But then the psalmist is quick to to praise God in verse 14, even though his Life seems to be really terrible, he remembers in verse 14, but I will hope continually and praise you yet more and more. No matter what, my enemies hate me and are planning against me, in verse 15, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day, for the number uh, for the number is past my knowledge. He said, God, you're so good. I am suffering terribly. Here's someone being transparent. Here's someone being open, just like you're you're telling us to do, uh, Pastor Hayden. And here's, here's someone remembering the promises of God, and it keeps them grounded in standing, their suffering. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. It's a, Sam, you mm-hmm. never do you? Oh, I know that one. Okay. I'm just letting you do your thing. That's good. And then to wrap up this Psalm 71, verse 20 to 21, you have made me uh, made me see many troubles and calamities. It was God who let this person see the trouble, and you will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. You will increase my greatness and comfort me again. So this person suffering, they're remembering the promises, and it's anchoring them so they can move forward in their faith towards Christ. And I hope that was an encouraging psalm from book number two. And in, in book number three, I want you to bookmark Psalm 78, because this is such an important psalm for us as, as people, as Christians. Our mission, as we say in the beginning of this podcast, is to make disciples. And for us who are parents, this is a, a psalm for, as a reminder for us to say we need to teach the coming generation. So it's not just for parents. It's for all of us as we are to make disciples. And so Psalm 78, it's 72 verses long, but such a helpful psalm to kind of help us. This is how you tell the story of God. This is what he's done in the life of Israel. And then we can, for us to be able to share, like this is what God has done in my life. And this is what I can remember. And so Psalm 78 starts starts off right off the bat. Verse one, give ear, listen, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Listen carefully. I will open my mouth in a parable, in a story. I will utter dark sayings from old, things that we have heard and known, that our fathers have told us. So this has been passed down, and, and people have been making disciples in the past. We will not hide from them. We will not hide them from our children. We will be faithful to teach them, but to tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. So the whole, I love this Psalm 78. So make this like a motivating verse for you each day to make disciples, to tell people, hey, this is what the glorious deeds of the Lord. He saved me, he saved countless others, and he can save you. So use Psalm 78 as a motivation as a uh, to boost you to make disciples. And then what's the whole point for us Christians as we reading the Psalms? This is Old Testament stuff, right? No, it's all the whole word of God. It's all from God. It's just like what Paul prayed in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. This is the famous passage that Paul's saying that he has a thorn in his side. He's being harassed and he pleaded to God. So here's a, here's a person praying openly, just like the Psalms, just like Jonah. Look how succinct this mm-hmm. DBR is for us. Paul's praying, pleading with God, being open and transparent about, hey, can you take this from me? But then God tells him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul remembers and takes comfort in his promise and says, it says these words, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness. Talk about a person who knows God, who knows his Bible and know who God is and knows the promises of God. And Paul continues, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with my weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so here's a person that knew his Bible, and it should drive us to know our Bibles as we're doing the daily Bible reading, so that when we face things, our calamities and hardships and persecutions and calamities, we can say, when I am weak, God is strong. And isn't that the exact connection that we were making from the sermon today? It's like when our prayer life should bring us comfort and contentment and peace uh, in whatever situation we're in. And Paul literally says that verbatim, for I am content in all of my situations because of Christ. And let me close uh, our DBR segment today with with a benediction found in Psalm 72, where it says, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. So compass, let us remember these glorious deeds so that when we think we are weak, we remember that God is strong. All right, Compass Bible Church, we are so proud of you guys in your daily Bible reading. We're so proud of you guys and the work and ministry that you are uh, undertaking here at Compass. And we understand uh, one thing, only God can build this church. But you and I, our call is to make disciples. And I want to encourage you guys as we make disciples that God would build his church here in New Braunfels. All right, we have a couple of announcements. Uh, One, on August the 21st, we have our back-to-school bash after the 11 a.m. service. We want you to invite people you know. We want you to invite people you've been investing in as far as the gospel is concerned. Uh, that they could come hear the gospel and that we can celebrate all that God has been doing in the life of Compass Bible Church. So August 21st, put it on your calendar. We're going to have a blast after service with tons of tons of things, tons of events. Uh, so make sure you mark your calendar for that. We have a couple of things we want to do as a forerunner uh, to that event. On August the 13th, we are going to do an outreach on Saturday at 8 a.m., Uh, to 1 p.m. We're going to have lunch afterwards, but we're going to put in a good morning's worth of work going into the community, inviting people to church, sharing the gospel with people, and uh, telling people uh, all about Jesus. And so that'll be August 13th. We will want to meet here. And then on August 14th, that Sunday evening, we're having a prayer night. We're going to get together and we're going to pray as a church uh, in expectation for all that God is going to do and how God is going to work in our hearts and our lives and how God's going to work on the hearts and the lives of all those people here in New Braunfels and in the Hill Country and all that God's going to do concerning His will. And we're just going to pray for it together. So I want to invite you to that. Don't miss it. You're not going to want to miss the opportunity for us to corporately pray together over an extended period of time. All right, and then last announcement, uh, Compass, We, as a reminder, registration is open for our Kids Midweek uh, Adventure Club. This is for our three-year-old to the fifth grade, and it starts on August 24th. So make sure you registered your three to fi- uh, three-year-old to fifth graders so they can participate and be a part of Adventure Club as we teach them the theology of who God is. I mean, this year we're going to be covering the theology of mankind, the theology of sin, and the theology of salvation. We do not want your kids to miss out on some awesome Bible teaching. Thank you guys for joining us on this week's episode of the Compass Equip Podcast. (music) 